You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome to your Friday episode of the Locked On Bucks podcast. I am your host, David Harrison, flying a little bit solo tonight as Jane Jarko is sick and could not make it. You can follow everything that I'm doing on Twitter at DH82 underscore Bucks. Follow James at JYarko underscore Bucks and send him your wishes and your well wishes that he gets better uh, sooner rather than later. Of course, both of us write and, and talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Everything that we write can be found at BucksNation.com on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. And of course, you're listening to this show, the Locked On Bucks podcast, which can be found on Twitter at Locked On Bucks. Never fear. You're not going to have to just listen to me drone on about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for the next half hour or so, because joining me tonight to save the day to fill the void left by James Jarko is social media coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jill Beckman. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's get straight to my conversation with Jill Beckman. As promised, I'm joined now by the social media coordinator for your beloved Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jill Beckman. Jill, we were talking off the air and you pointed out to me that this is the second recording in a row that James has missed with you. So what do you think it is that you've done that has made James hate you so much? I don't know, but now I'm wondering the second time. Huh, it's getting a little sketchy. I don't know. I mean, I will tell you that he does have so he's an Illinois fan, right? And I I'm a born and bred Ohio State Buckeye fan because my father uh was born and raised outside of Columbus, so he he raised me right. And you went to Penn State, so obviously you you are you are actually a Nittany Lion, whereas we're just fans of those other teams. I kind of feel like maybe there's some hatred going on. I mean, you and I have had some history to celebrate, and Illinois really hasn't given him much reason to talk any trash. So I think he's just trying to avoid you and I ganging up on him with our successful football programs. You know, that sounds about right. Uh, you might not be too far off with that. <laughs> well, we'll have to make sure, hopefully, that James is uh, here for the next time we can get you on the show. But Jill, so we tried to get you on earlier in the in the uh, new year, but of course you had a lot of things going on, a lot of things to celebrate. You recently celebrated a birthday, so happy birthday to you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. And around this time last year, uh, while you were celebrating another birthday, you were also celebrating along with the rest of Buccaneers fandom and media and everybody else, the arrival of new head coach Bruce Arians, who has now completed his first year with his new staff, and I know there was excitement everywhere. There was excitement that built up through the offseason, training camp, so on and so forth. Now that we're at the end of the first year, how did how does your excitement or how does your opinion about the staff, I suppose, measure up right now compared to how it did last January? Well, I think it's they've definitely been able to come in and improve a lot of different areas. And um, it actually makes me, like at this point now, as compared to – so I just – wrapped up my second season um, here with the Bucks, and I honestly am feeling more hopeful than the past two seasons combined after this last season. Even though we didn't come out with the winning record or making it to the playoffs, like people had hopes. But you have to keep in mind, it was the first year for this coaching staff. They got done a lot of things that, that fans were, um, you know, really harping on, you know, the defense coming out of last year, the the secondary, you could see the progression throughout this whole season um, and how much improvement like that area specifically has had. And it just really makes you hopeful that this coaching staff is now going to um, either bring in some new pieces 
And um, I wouldn't be surprised if there were um, a lot of new pieces to this team um, before next season begins. And it just makes me feel like really hopeful that the coaching staff has had like a full season to evaluate. And now they can, it's, it's their team and they can um, make whatever changes are necessary in this off season. I'm just, you know, feeling very hopeful. Yeah, that sounds great. And Joe, and one of the reasons that we, we first brought you on the show, and one of the reasons we keep asking you to come on, of course, is because you have a very unique position within the organization where you essentially get to become the fly on the wall and you get to see things, you get to film things and interact with these guys. Well, I don't say interact, but you get to, to be there to see some of the interactions. I'm sure you do have your interactions with them. But from an official standpoint, you kind of get to be the lens that the fan sees the team through and you kind of get to de- help deliver you know, the team image and, and who the players are and the personalities and, and the coaches and everything. But obviously not everything makes it to Twitter, Instagram, or any of the, the multiple platforms that you guys are operating on, including the team website. Um, so what are some things that are, happen behind the scenes that, you know, obviously not giving away trade secrets or anything, but that maybe fans would be would be surprised to find out or interested to hear about some of the personalities that are going on? Yeah, sure. I think just first of all, everyone in our uh, building, whether it's coaches, players on the football side, are just really nice and friendly. And I know it's not like that everywhere. And it just like makes me feel fortunate to work for this team where it is such a great environment. And, you know, anytime, um, you know, downstairs on the football side, whether it's a coach or a player, everyone says hello, smiles, like very friendly, um, you know, whether it's BA or, you know, big name players or um, anyone else, everyone is always friendly and um, not that I've worked for many teams or anything, but it's, I know it's not like that everywhere. So, um, pretty grateful for that. And I would say, huh, I think toward the end of the season, it was actually kind of funny because, um, with some of these rookies, they have some requests that like we haven't heard before. Like some of them wanted to be verified on Snapchat. And I went to, um, my manager and I was like, do we know how to do this? Like, and he's like, we've never like even had this request before. I didn't even know you could be verified on Snapchat. So it's kind of funny. We were able to get it done pretty quickly, but I'm like, next it's going to be like TikTok or something. But it's, it's kind of funny. Like there are those like big personalities. Um, and then just guys are really nice. Like I think Jameis is one of the nicest guys on the team, you know, always asking, about my family and going out of his way to, um, you know, like ask about other people and, and just like very friendly. Um, Tanner Hudson is also a good one, not the biggest name on the team, but probably one of the biggest personalities. Um, he's hilarious and definitely uh, wishing for more success for him um, in the future. He wasn't able to, to score a touchdown this year, but um, when he does, it's going to be, going to be huge um we already had we had some um we have lots of tanner hudson fans out there um his actually like his whole hometown he comes from a very uh small town in tennessee and when we were um at um, when we were in nashville this year for that game um one of his one of the reporters from his hometown uh came up to carmen and i in the press box and he was saying like he um, just like appreciates the um, 
you know, like the publicity because he was like, like such a superstar in his uh, small town and, you know, not many people like uh, come out of that town to like become like, like famous in any way. And so that was actually really cool. Um, Yeah. So those are the, I mean, everyone is just like really nice. And that's like something I didn't know what to expect when I got into the NFL, because I know there are some, you know, personalities that aren't always, you know, wonderful, but like, we're just so lucky at the Bucks. Yeah. The guys all seem to have a really good time. And yeah, you guys do a really good job of covering uh, as many different angles for the team as possible. I know we did kind of an end of year episode with like a holiday theme um, towards the end of December. And we kind of went through and said some of the gifts that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers gave to the fans and the public. And one of the things that James mentioned with kind of like a bonus gift was the coverage that, that you uh, and, um, and you know, the other members there, uh, whether it come from video or the graphics, you know, um, some of the artists there that have done some of these game posters and stuff, all the stuff that you guys put together throughout the season to really engage with the fans. It, you know, even when the season was struggling, you guys were still kicking ass with with the coverage that you guys were providing. And I can say one of my favorite moments that really, I mean, it could be coordinated. I'm going to ask you if it was coordinated or not. But even if it was coordinated, like maybe it wasn't an on the spot, spur of the moment type of situation. When you do a dance, you can't fake that as an NFL player. So even if it was pre-coordinated, pre-planned that it was going to happen on this day, a certain time after a practice, we're going to record this. When you get guys up there like that that are dancing, you can't fake that. So where did that whole thing come from? I can't remember all the players that were involved, but where did that whole idea come from? And I mean, because I thought it was amazing. I don't know how much our listeners loved it, but I loved every second of it. I must have watched it at least a dozen times, if not more. Um, how did that whole thing come about? Yeah, that was pretty funny. That was actually um, a couple months back. And yeah, I mean, we just had them try to join in and that was that, you know, none of that was scripted and that was just them and they're actually hilarious. And it's, it's so great to like be able to show fans these guys' personalities because like it is hard when you're losing and then, um, you can't do some of that fun content because uh, the fans don't want to see it. And it's just, um, that's just the way it goes. And so when we're able to put that stuff out and like, some of these guys really do have great personalities that like fans, you know, don't get to see a lot of it. So when we're able to show that it's really fun because, um, you know, a lot of these guys, they don't do it on their own. Like they're not, they don't have big presences on um, like social media and, and stuff. So when we're able to show that it's, it's pretty good. So yeah, none of that was scripted. It was just, uh, yeah, I remember that it was just like, that was one of the, like my favorite pieces of content. Yeah, that, that, that was pretty awesome. And then speaking of fans, I mean, uh, I always kind of find it funny, especially since I got to meet you for the first time uh, this past year in person, when I see fans on Twitter tweeting at, you know, the Buccaneers account, they're saying like, when are you going to bench Jameis or why aren't you benching Peyton if you're going to bench Rojo last week, you know, like stuff like this. And I just, I, I play it back in my head and I just imagine you getting that tweet, running downstairs, hitting the sideline, going to coach Arians and saying, hey, uh, I don't know, at Buccaneer guy 1974 <laughs> says we should definitely bench Peyton because we benched Rojo last week. And I think we should probably follow that advice coach. And I just, that's, that's, that's just a scenario that runs through my head. Obviously it's not how it works, but that's kind of the, the, the benefit and a little bit of the drawback because as much as you're the eyes and the ears for the fan and, and, and the link between the organization and the fan, you also are the windscreen, if you want to call it that for the fan to the organization, because 
any, you know, type of, you know, anger or frustration that a fan wants to communicate to the team, they're doing it through your eyes. Um, are there any moments, uh, hopefully not, you know, too many negative ones, but are there any moments from fan interactions that really stand out from the last year for you? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. Fans tweet that stuff at us all the time. And I just want to be like, I'm not the GM. Like the GM does not run this account. Like BA doesn't look at our mentions. Like, do you know, like, I feel like some people don't like think that through, (laughs) but, um, but yeah, so I've kind of learned to just scam a lot of those and the nice ones I'm like always engaging with and it's always fun after when to go through and um you know reply and like those comments because obviously after a win it's a lot more fun um but one that stands out to me is and we actually did a um a little video with this a couple weeks back is so when we first um signed Shaq there were a lot of uh replies to like our in a tweet like breaking the news and whatever and it was they were saying like who is this guy who's Shaq like all this stuff and um, Shaq replied to it and was basically like you're gonna find out real soon and um we were able to like put a video together with like screenshots of um of those replies on Twitter and so that just like stands out to me in my head right now because um it's always fun being able to uh you know like prove people wrong and um especially you know the haters out there so that's one that stands out to me but uh I mean I go through I go through all of them mostly it's hard during the season to to go through all the mentions but I I go through most um and and I especially am now in the off season since it's a lot slower. Um, and so there are definitely ones that stand out to me, but that's just one that comes to mind because of um, because of how far we've come since then. Now everyone knows who Shaq is. Yeah, and I, and I remember that. And I remember you guys shared that towards the end of the season and or after the season. And uh, it's it's great because um, so we got to talk to Shaq here on the show shortly after he signed with the Bucks. And me being from Colorado, I kind of always have, you know, one eye back on Denver just because it's, you know, kind of where I have my formidable years and, and all that. And so I knew who who Shaquille Barrett was. And I remember always thinking that, you know, he was a guy who had some potential and had some some raw ability and just kind of needed a chance. And so when he got signed to the Bucks, I was really excited because he's he's a guy that a lot of people didn't know about. But I actually had a little bit of information about him and, and some knowledge. So when we got him on the show, it was great to kind of hear his excitement and what he wanted to do. And I remember one of the one of the big things he said about the NFC South is that every team loves to pass in this division, so he's looking forward to getting a lot of sacks. And you know, Shaq's, you know, uh, his the, his speech pattern. That's how that's exactly how he said it. Is it a lot of sacks? And so to see yeah. him have the year that he was able to turn out uh, was just great. And and I also like the fact that Shaq, like as you know, as in you know, obviously he's intense on the field and likes to fire off and try to get after the quarterback and and beat his beat his assignment, win his assignment, but. He's a fun-loving guy at the end of the day, and I'm sure you know. Even though all you know, a lot of Bucks fans are like, "Who's this guy?" And, and I'm sure some of them were even a little bit negative. Um, I like I can just imagine that Shaq is is recalling those moments, but he's not doing it with anger. He's doing it with a smile on his face and just happy that now they all know who he is. If they didn't know before, they know now, and, and it makes them feel good instead of making them feel you know like he got revenge or something. Yeah, no, he it definitely makes him feel great, and I'm just uh, thinking back to um his mic's up 
And if you guys haven't seen it, the last one where he broke the record, um, we, we Mike Jack up and he, and Warren Sapp was there on the sideline too. And, and, you know, and Jack was just like, yeah, I don't want to, uh, he's, well, first of all, he was like, yeah, I don't want to tie the record. Like, I don't want to break it. But then he was just like, he's just so grateful. Like he's just giving so much praise to Sapp on the sidelines saying like, oh, but you got that gold jacket. Like, um, like I'd rather have that mm-hmm. one day. All this stuff. Like he just, he's just so grateful. And um, another moment that I thought was really great with him was um, a lot of the players did community events around the holidays to, um, you know, whether it was, you know, different events and Shaq was part of um, the, one of the um, shopping events at Target where they took a um, group of kids and took them shopping and on shopping spree at Target and Shaq brought his kids with him. And, and it was just a moment that like he wanted to share with his kids and for his kids to see um, the players giving back and, and doing nice things. And he's just, he's a very down to earth guy. And um, like, I'm really happy for him that he had so much success this year. Yeah. That's, that's great stuff. And yeah, he, he definitely seems like a great person uh, on and off the field, obviously on the field as well. And you talk about that moment and there's been, there were a lot of great moments this year for the Buccaneers. And I know, you know, that might be a little odd to say about a team that finished with a losing record, but I mean, you, you kind of think back and some of them are more, you know, life experience versus maybe, you know, total outcome. But you look back at, you know, the Rondé Barber uh, getting getting uh, his his, you know, well-deserved enshrinement in the Ring of Honor there in Raymond James. And then you have some of these key moments, you know, Chris Godwin's emergence. You got Shaq Barrett's an emergence, him breaking the record, uh, Jameis Winston. And, and, you know, he set some records this year as well. And then hitting the 5000 yard mark of all the moments that you've experienced. Which one would you say was your favorite from the 2019 season? That's a really hard question because, like you said, there are just so many great moments. Um, I think I'd have to say it's Shaq breaking the Shaq record because even at the beginning of the season, people were still downing him when he had, you know, he got three sacks against the Panthers, I believe, at the beginning of the season. And, and then he had, um, um, like, multi-stack games following that and people were like well it was just because Mm. of this or this team like had a bad o-line or this like that's not going to continue and then to see it actually play out um it was just i just was really happy for him and it was just you know like a fantastic accomplishment and especially because of where he came from because he wasn't a huge star um, in Denver and, you know, he was the backup to some, you know, really, um, like big names for a while. And so for him to finally get his opportunity and be the star and he's just so grateful for it and, and humble. Like, I just think that was, that had to be the uh, moment that stood out to me most. It's definitely a great moment. And we're hoping, I think everybody's hoping to see more of those moments involving Shaq Barrett in a Buccaneers uniform in 2020 and even longer, hopefully, uh, you know, I know um, I'm sure they're they're busy behind closed doors and on telephones working out details as much as possible. But hopefully, you know, they can get things worked out and, and Shaq can stay in Florida for a good amount of time. And that brings us to 2020, Jill. Um, how do you feel about this team heading into 2020? There's a lot of questions, you know, uh, obviously the questions about Jameis. Is Ndamukong Sue going to come back? JPP, Carl Nassib. I mean, a lot of key parts of this team that really showed signs of promise uh, from, from 2019. Peyton Barber is a free agent, I think. His status is actually kind of getting lost in the wash a little bit, but you know people uh, sometimes forget. I mean, 
it wasn't necessarily a 50-50 split, but you know, Rojo and Peyton definitely were were a one-two combination there uh, for the run game. That kind of started going a little bit better than it was earlier in the season. Got it got started better in the in the towards the end of the year. How do you feel about the team moving forward? And is there anything like that you see on the team that has to be addressed? I know Carmen mentioned for her, and I agree with her that the free safety position seems to be an area that the team really kind of needs to get solidified before you know uh, next regular season, at least through training camp preseason, if not before then. Uh, what do, what is your outlook for the team for 2020, and what do you kind of hope to see? Yeah, you know there are a ton of question marks after this season. Um, ton of free agents. You want to be able to bring back the whole defensive line, but that's probably not possible. So you're going to see changes, and then it'll be interesting to see. I think once um, free agency begins, and we see um, how like the pieces are falling into place there, then we'll be able to see okay well this is probably how the draft is going to pan out now because last year like with the number five overall pick it was pretty much like okay like we have a couple options like we have a pretty good idea of like it's either going to be this this or this but with the number 14 overall pick we're kind of like all right we don't really know exactly how this is going to go we have a few positions um where we have a few needs um and we don't know it's not like okay we definitely need this position in the first round. Like it could go like a couple of like different ways. So I think we're just going to see a lot of, it's definitely going to be a busy off season. I think I am not jealous of the people making those decisions because that's probably going to be very difficult. We have a lot of guys we want to keep. I think as far as the secondary, like I said earlier, um, I'm just feeling really confident that they start to click towards the end of the season. And I just think they're they're hungry. They want to prove people wrong. Um, I think Sean Murphy Bunting and Jamel Dean um, are going to be huge assets next year. Carlton Davis took um, a huge leap this year. Um, we're going to see, I think, Devin White improve even more and I think as far as the defensive line um those pieces it's gonna be really interesting to see because I know the coaching staff and and um and on the football side they are trying to do everything they can to be able to keep those guys together and it's just gonna be really interesting to see and um how this season ended out with um Mike Evans and Chris Godwin not being able to play those last two games I think Things may have gone a little bit differently. I don't know. Two of your best players, I think, things may have gone a little differently. So I think once, you know, we have everyone back, we have the new pieces, like I'm feeling really confident um, after some areas of weakness are fixed. And, um, you know, even if we see a lot of turnover in the offseason, like I think fans should just like trust that this staff like knows what it's doing and like you should feel really confident heading into next season. Yeah, I mean, I think everybody pretty much agrees this team was like a handful of moments from having not only a winning record, but probably competing for a playoff spot there at the end of the season. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, as we move into 2020, we've got free agency. But then, of course, we also have the draft, which is a big event. And uh, being a Penn State alumni yourself, um, who who are you looking for out of your own school? I mean, you've already got Chris Godwin. You've already got Carl Nassib. I mean, Penn State is. I mean, I remember the tweet. Uh, I can't remember how many how many social media coordinators is it that that are out there in the NFL from from your school. Six, which is crazy. 
Yeah, I mean that's you guys. You guys are you're slowly taking over uh, the NFL. I think there's there's probably some sort of conspiracy going on that I actually need to get into and be a part of instead of fight it. So if you bring me in the loop on there, let me know. I'll do it. Whatever I need to do to pledge allegiance, I'll I'll go ahead and do that. Um, but who are some Penn State people uh, that that we should be looking for in the draft this year that you can think could help out the Bucks? Well, I think um, Bucks are not um, Etor Grossmatos. He's the defensive end. Um, looking like he has a good chance to go in the first round. Um, he, I have actually seen some mock drafts where the Bucks would take him, and um, I think like he would be a, a huge asset. And then another one who's big, which I, this one isn't necessarily for the Bucks, but um, wide receiver KJ Hamler. Um, he was probably the um, he was he was a he had a huge impact. Uh, on Penn State, and he's um, might be a little bit upset that he's leaving after his junior year because because he was like such a big part of the team. But he's going to go and make an impact in the NFL. Um, he could possibly possibly be a second round pick. I know that's not um, somewhere the Bucks will probably take him, but um, he'll be a huge asset to another team. So fans should definitely keep an eye on him. Awesome, awesome stuff, and uh, yeah, I, there's Penn State's always good, you know, for for churning out NFL talent. Um, Ohio State is is one of those. There's Arizona, so Arizona State is where I did my my bachelor's degree program through, and they've actually got some guys that are that look pretty talented in the draft. I don't think there's many people from Illinois, which so again, that's you know why James isn't here because he doesn't have anything to add to the conversation. But <laughs> he did uh, message me a question <laughs> to to ask you, Jill, and. Uh, so our listeners know um, James is a huge Star Wars guy, and he's kind of been picking at me. James and I have been working for for years now together um, through multiple sites and podcasts, and he's been picking at me for years to watch Star Wars. I finally caved, uh, mainly because I got a Disney Plus subscription, so I was like, why not? It's it's part of the package. And so I'm all caught up. I've watched all the episodes. i watched The Mandalorian and everything. We've been kind of giving our reviews, but obviously the biggest pop culture sensation lately has been Baby Yoda. Um, James wants to know, is there any way to get more baby Yoda involved with the Buccaneer social media plan? Well, maybe if James were to actually join one of the shows that I'm on, we could make that happen. But, yeah. uh, <laughs> but a couple, I guess, months ago now, um, our creative team actually made a, um, a Godwin baby Yoda. And it was um, Baby Yoda had on a red cape with number twelve, looked like a jersey, and um, and it had the Godwin hair and bandana and all that. And um, we actually made one of those, and and his girlfriend posted it on Instagram. If anyone wants to go see, but uh, that's that's all we've done so far. Um, but I know we posted we posted a um, Star Wars themed um, Pro Bowl voting graphic um, a couple months ago, and I, mm-hmm. I think it was Bo Allen who commented and said Vita should be Baby Yoda. So that would actually be pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and James actually he met he sent me a screenshot of that exact uh, that exact graphic the the Star Wars Pro Bowl voting graphic and yeah he was a big fan of that he was very excited about it. I thought it just looked really cool I mean whether you're a Star Wars fan or not that just looks cool. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I love seeing those all over my timeline still. <laughs> all right, Jill. I, I appreciate as always you taking the time out of your schedule 
uh, to come talk with us and talk to our listeners and, and the fans. Of course, uh, you're always interacting with the fans, but this is this is a unique opportunity where you can uh, interact or deliver messages to the fans as Jill yourself instead of at Buccaneers or or what have you. Um, but let the fans know how to stay in contact with you and follow what you're doing as an individual, not just a representative of the organization as well. Yeah, sure. You can follow me at underscore Jill Beckman on Twitter. All right, Jill. Thanks again for your time. And yeah, uh, we look forward to, to trying to steal a little bit more of your time uh, as the season progresses. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. One last time, a huge thank you to Jill Beckman, uh, social media coordinator for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, guys. And thank you to all of you for joining us. Um, Since James isn't here, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get into our normal Star Wars routine that we do on Fridays. Uh, I have seen Episode 9, so if you were excited to hear my thoughts on Episode 9, unfortunately, you're going to have to wait a little bit. I don't know if we're going to make you wait until next Friday necessarily. We'll see how things work. With the schedule, we do uh, have a tentative guest lined up for Sunday, and we've got some other things working for next week as well. Um, some other people that we want to bring on the show and talk about all the things that are surrounding the Buccaneers, the draft, and, and all the stuff that's coming up. Uh, but in the meantime, guys, if you have questions or if, if you want us to talk about things that maybe we're not talking about yet, go ahead and shoot us a voicemail. If you don't know the number, it's 813-444-5841. Once again, my name is David Harrison. I've been your host for today's episode. Follow me on Twitter at dh 82 underscore Bucks. Find everything that I am writing about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers over at BucksNation.com on Twitter at Bucks underscore Nation. Have an amazing weekend and thank you so much for joining me right here at Locked On Bucks. You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.